Hey, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Shellheads Podcast. <laughs> We're your hosts, Jeff and Sergio. I'm Sergio. The, 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 the chucklehead you hear over there is Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? It's going really well, uh, Sergio. Got myself a PlayStation 5. Nice, nice. And I hear you're playing a lot of the the uh, Spider-Man? The, uh, the, yes, the Irving Spider-Man uh two uh you know this time he's uh what is it regional accountant uh you know it's you know it takes a little bit to get past all that but it is very important and exciting work uh so <laughs> i hear he's a he's a he's a fireman in this game at some point yes so like he's he's spider-man the fireman yes yes he is okay okay that's there we go we, we have successfully converted Shellheads into a Spider-Man podcast. There we uh, go. I hope I, I, I hope we don't lose any listeners. Mm. We'll be fine. <laughs> We're going to talk about Ninja Turtles. We always talk about Ninja Turtles. Uh, I have not started Spider-Man yet, but it, it's going to happen soon. Uh, yeah. I, I'm having. I don't like seeing all these people having fun and me not having fun. Uh, you like to have fun. Yeah, you're I do, a fun, but I, fun I don't... guy. Well, you're busy going to concerts and meeting celebrities and, <laughs> you know. And I just want to be at home playing Spider-Man. I mean, you do. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> Who did you uh, meet recently, uh, Sergio? Uh, the wife and I went to a Kesha concert in New Orleans. Uh, some good stuff. We met Kesha. I, I, awesome. I shook Kesha's hand. Nice. Was it soft? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. She then That's a, a weird show. thing to ask, but I'm like, yeah, oh, those hands are like fully like how taken care soft, of. How soft were those Sergio? So then ask you like, hey, what her feet look like? <laughs> uh, let's talk about Ninja Turtles. What's our first segment? <laughs> hey, speaking about turtles' feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll lead with that later. Um, and now it's time to check what's in that bodacious box. Uh, I've been pretty light on my on my box the past two or three episodes, and none of that was on purpose. Uh, this time around, I don't I don't know what happened. I don't know what changed. Suddenly, I got a whole bunch of stuff. Wow. So I'm gonna. I'm going to blow right through some of these real easy ones. Um, I got the NECA Foot Enforcer, which is uh, from the Mirage line. It It's blue, of course, because all of their foot soldier stuff is blue. But it's two-toned. I didn't realize it was two-toned. That's cool. Yeah, it's got like a like a light blue kind of kind of fade into a darker blue. Looks really good. Still not a fan of the blue, but... I've come to terms with it, uh, and with the two the, with the with the two tone on it, I don't know if it matches the actual regular foot soldier, which is a bigger problem. But I'm never going to take them out of the boxes, so it doesn't matter. So there's that. Uh, I also got Raphael and Tommy as a foot soldier from the Power Rangers Lightning Collection. I thought uh, you'd already had those. No, I th- th- that was the only two pack I didn't have. Um, okay. The I refuse to buy any of these full price. I'm not paying fifty bucks for these things. But uh, in the 
it's been since they came out. I found the Shredder at Ross Dress for Less for eight bucks. Hey, I found all three. Yeah, I found all three of the two packs on Big Bad Toy Store for Big Big Bad Toy Store for like twenty bucks a piece. That's not bad. Yeah, so I was I was I'll pay ten bucks for them. They're not you know per per figure. It's not that it's not that bad of a deal. And I like them enough to justify it. So, um, I also got the pasta can shredder from Super Seven, which I'm just going to admit right now, Sergio is a complete idiot. Let's say it together: one, two, three. Sergio, Sergio. is a complete, complete. idiot. Idiot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that could have been better. <laughs> oh, that's that's on the record. Um, it doesn't come with pasta. Yeah, I mean, that was obvious. It wasn't, though. There's literally pasta in the promotional images. I mean, false advertising. I, I like, when you look closer into the, the promotional images, it does become more clear that it doesn't come with pasta. But I only wanted it because it was stupid and came with pasta. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I'm returning it. That's that's what you're telling me. I'm, I'm I literally have already boxed it up to go back because if you're not going to go full stupid, then I yeah. have want nothing to do with you. I mean, I could understand if they put like you know some like red goo jelly or something in there that's not you know harmful and like you know plastic spaghettios that would have been you look. know more enticing. Oh look, look. Are you familiar with the card game Cards Against Humanity? Yes. So, one of their most recent expansions was released directly to Target, and it came in a jar of clamonaise. What? Which is clam-flavored mayonnaise. No, thank you. Okay. You had to fish the cards out of the clamonaise to open the pack and see what cards are in it. No. The clamonaise was edible, had nutrition facts on the side of the jar, like it was legit stupid, and I loved it. Opening this thing with no, and, and there not being any pasta in it was a huge disappointment. But that's on me for having the wrong expectations. They can have their can back. Ugh. Moving on. <laughs> uh, we've talked about these before, but... The uh, the Hollywood rides uh, by Jada Toys that are like diecast cars that come with diecast uh, little action figures or little figurines. Well, I got the third one. Uh, the third one being being Donatello with the party wagon. Nice. Yeah. The other two were like Leonardo with some classic car and. Michelangelo with a with a Volkswagen Beetle, but this is actually Donatello with the party wagon, so I sna- snagged that one because I figured it would be the one that would sell the the, the best or would uh. disappear the quickest. Uh, one more, and I will have completed that collection. Very cool. Um, speaking of buying things at Ross Dress for Less for incredible discounts, uh, anyone who is actually into the best action figures. I suggest you go check out your local draw, Ross Dressed for Less. 
you may remember us talking about these, Jeff. I don't know if you do. Uh, they they are four packs of two turtles and two like bad guys each each pack like two different four packs um, that are based on the original comic book like the Mirage comics. Yeah, those originally were like seventy bucks, eighty bucks. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah it's just pretty up there. Pretty up there, like. Me being a weird collector who just wants to buy everything for because I'm crazy, that's where I kind of drew the line. I'm like, I can't just be buying these terrible figures because they exist. Right now, they're currently filling up Ross Dress for Lesses for 20 bucks a four-pack. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I got both of those, uh, 20 bucks a piece, which they're four-packs, which means they're $5 a figure, meaning... At that price, they cost less than your standard Playmates figure, which which creates a much better situation in my brain with boy math of, you know, getting the deal that I want out of these things. They're not the greatest figures. They're they're the same sculpts as the ones that they had released in singles, just with a different paint job. Mm -hmm. But I like them. I like them. uh, And I more so love the art that's on the boxes. I'm not going to say the art by itself is worth 20 bucks, but the art that I believe that they pulled actual like art from the original comics. But I just haven't gone into the comics to see what books they pulled it from. It's they're just they're just really, really good looking sets when it comes to the packaging. Well, that's good, because, you know, if you've got good packaging, you're going to be like, oh, hey, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a sucker for good packaging. Yeah, me too. Let me see. Actually, let me see if I can find a the just to give you an idea of what I'm what I'm talking about here. Here we go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the packaging is really good. And if you scroll down to the frequently bought together, you'll see the other one, which is even better. I still need to get the Krang best action. Yeah. So I got both of those. I'm and I'm pretty happy with it. They look really good on a shelf. Uh. Let's see. Now, my big purchase didn't cost a lot of money, but it was something that I've literally been looking for for six years, at least six years, possibly longer. Uh, We have talked multiple times about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles magazine. Oh, yeah. It it, it was a a periodical magazine released during the the heyday back in the early 90s. Uh, And back when I first started collecting the Mirage comics, one of the lots that I bought came with a bunch of the magazines. They're a really cool snapshot of like nineties culture, just in a, in a, in a tight little package. And also there's exclusive like turtles interviews and even turtles comics. There's a whole bunch of really cool stuff in these things. I kind of want to sit down and actually go through them with you at some point, possibly for the show at some point. Cause they're, they're just, they're just really neat. And, they're not available in digital, uh, like in digital form anywhere. I can't. They're incredibly hard to find because no one knows they exist and no one wants them. I had some of them back in the day. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where they are anymore. But uh, hey, that 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 could be a shellhead's first. You could digitize them. Oh, that would take forever, Jeff. Well, forever. I mean, how many magazines do they make? Like ten. And if they're each like 20 page, 25 pages each, 
like you're looking at scanning a whole bunch of pages. But let me just get to the point. The point is the fall of 1992 issue I've been looking for for forever. It was the only issue that I know exists that I that, like that I that I'm missing. I think I have all of them now. But there's not really a good place on the Internet saying here is all of them that exist. They're not cataloged in the way that a comic book series would be. Right. It Like it got to the point to where I had set eBay reminders to email me every single time that issue was listed. What issue was it? Fall of 1992. OK. eBay would only they only emailed me like maybe once a year. That's how often it would pop up on eBay. So every time it popped up, I would go to the listing and I would check it out. I'd make I'd, I'd sometimes I'd message the seller and say, hey, does it have the pullout poster from the middle? And when they said no, I would pass on it. Sometimes they'd post it and it would be like fifty dollars and I'm not going to pay fifty dollars for, a you know, a beat up old magazine. Yeah. Finally, this week, someone posted it. For. Fifteen, thirteen dollars. Not bad. 13 and it came with like it was a, it was like a like a like a double shot it came with a issue of cracked from 1991 or no from 1990 oh, that nice. had the turtles on the cover so it was two magazines that i didn't have that i needed and i immediately messaged i mean i got the email saying it was in stock i messaged them said hey does it have the pullout poster they confirmed that it did i bought it it arrived today I think I'm done with I think I'm done collecting these and it feels great. Huge congrats, my dude. That's uh that's awesome. I love the artwork for all of these issues. They're really cool. Yeah, I think it's done by That's Dooney. Is it Dooney? It? Yeah, yeah, Dooney yeah. did all of them. He he also did all the pullout posters in the middle of all of these oh, things. Oh man, you got to you got to digitize them. Yeah, they're they this it's great, man. They I'm so happy. At the very least, I might digitize the uh, like the comic stories because there's actually like two to three page comic stories in them. And that would be a cool thing to have. I mean, nobody's done it. You could be you could be the guy. I I could be the bootlegger. Yeah. Come to me if you want to bootleg. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that's what's in my box. You got anything this week? Nope. Got a PS5, so I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No Spider-Man. More, Spider-Man was in your box. No more turtle stuff right now. Uh, all right, all right. Well, then then what's next? And now it's time for Secret of the News. <laughs> and cut that out and put the real sound... <laughs> Or don't. Just leave it in, man. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that much news this time, Jeff. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, uh, arguably the biggest one here, uh, let's talk about the Masters of the Universe figures. Yeah. What's, what's this about? What's this about? We're getting a crossover with He-Man. Uh, I think at one point it was supposed to be a comic crossover that never happened. Now, when you say at one point, do you mean like like decades ago or like 
in the IDW years. Let's see. Let's see, that was... Like, we talked about the the likely existence of these figures last episode. But we didn't have any actual hard evidence or pictures or any any kind of, you know, anything to really shame. I actually just found it. Let me send this to you in the chat. Now we actually have mock-ups or, or we we have the the I guess prototypes of the upcoming toy line. I don't think they're they're okay. So from looking at uh, the the canceled crossover, it's not like directly from that because like you see Leonardo literally dressed as He Man. Right. Like, you know how like back in the day you would get toys like based off movies or whatever like oh here's a batman uh movie i'm like wait why does batman have an aqua uh, you know underwater armor this wasn't in the movie doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) it does not matter so there's like 25 different versions of batman uh from batman returns or batman forever or whatever batman the animated series um you can go and look all that up that's kind of what this feels like um but i'm here for it because I grew up with Masters of the Universe. I love He-Man. Um, and it's always been one of my favorites. I think I still have Castle Grayskull in the garage. I need to go check on that. Uh, I don't know what condition it's in. It's probably not <laughs> not too good a shape. Um, but these the, the figures look great. Some of the, uh, well, like Leo looks like he's kind of skipped leg day a little bit. Um, I don't know. It does look a little bit more on point to that. Uh, now that I compare the two, uh, to the the images that uh, popped up. Um, yeah, yeah. I like. I don't know, man. You know, we talked about this the last time. I'm not a Masters of the Universe guy. Yeah. And now that I look at some of these, like. I remember Masters of the Universe figures being hyper stupid when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Like, just the lamest. Just, I, I don't know why. I I guess that might be where my deep-seated hatred for fantasy comes from. Hmm. Is Masters of the Universe being super stupid as a kid. Or I just don't like fantasy. Maybe that's what it is. I just don't like fantasy. But Leonardo looks cool. Yeah. But I don't really have anything for these figures, man. Uh, and and there, there's also accompanying art, like, you know, the card art or, or art that is purportedly going to be on the card to go with it. And I, that stuff just looks like it should be painted on the side of a van. Oh, it does. It really does. Like, I would I would love an animated movie. I don't even know what, what like... What do you even do with the turtles in Eternia? Anything you want. I, I guess. I guess, man. This is you know, it's 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 so weird. It I is. guess it's not it's not any weirder than the other crossovers that they're they've done here, I guess. But yeah. these figures actually have the turtles in in costumes. Like the 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 sculpts look really nice. Um, 
uh, we get our first look at Leonardo, Donatello, Krang, um, Men at Arms, Trapjaw with like a looking like he's got Mouser armor on, which is funky. I mean, I'm, I'm, I dig it. And we I haven't seen figure images um, of the Shredder, but he's in the artwork. Um, and everybody's got the, uh, you know, uh, fur underwear. <laughs> fur underwear. Man. It's like, hey, 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 turtles, you're in our universe. You can't just walk around with a belt on. You need fur underwear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I, like, I'm in no position to poo poo any of this. It's just I, it's very, very far away from something I would be interested in. I, I, I do like that. It, like who who is making these figures? Isn't it um like Mattel or some, some somebody that is not usually making turtles figures? Let's see. I can't find anybody that a name to it. I don't see. I mean, it's you know, it's it's clearly Mattel. Like that that would that would make the most sense. Yeah. It's just weird that like in like the articles that I'm finding, none of it mentions Mattel. Yeah. A- actually, I, I see like Action Figure Insider, the uh, the Instagram account has has actual like. Here's what they're going to look like on on the uh, on the rack, and it does say. Mattel oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bottom yeah. right. And is that supposed to be He-Man having been mutated? Oh, I think he just Leo just gets you know. No, no, no. I mean He-Man, like the He-Man. Oh no. Um. Why is He-Man blue? No, no. Uh, that is. I'm a little rusty on my He-Man. I, I'm looking at the card. It says here his name is He-Man, the most powerful mutant in the universe. Oh, it's Mutagen Mutation He-Man. Uh, so, uh, okay. like an evil version of He-Man, like you know. I, maybe? I don't. I don't. I oh oh. I'm. Can I check out right now? Can I just 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 dust my hands off and then just walk away? Look. As far as figures go, I, I would say these are some of the most interesting figures we've gotten in quite some time. Like yeah. for, you know, not poo-pooing on NECA and all that other stuff. Like as far as like, oh, let's let's jazz it up. You know, like it just looks I, – I, I love fantasy. I love, you know, sci-fi, all that stuff. That, and He-Man kind of encompasses all of that. Um. I don't know. I'm just I'm here for all of it. Like these look really, really fun. And like if I if these came out, you know, when I was like ten, I'd have been like, I need I need every one of these. <laughs> like I, I, I I'm, I'm still getting every gonna, one of these. <laughs> I'm probably going to end up with the four turtles. Yeah. Assuming all of all four of them come out eventually. Like this, these are Mattel toys. They're not going to be fifty dollars a pop. They'll probably be at Walmart's for twelve bucks or fifteen bucks. So ten between ten to fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, the the cost of uh, the cost to get into this ecosystem is not it's not going to break me. Yeah. Oh well. Let's move on. There's other news. Yeah. Um. So one of the first licensed things 
licensed products uh, in the Ninja Turtles in Ninja Turtles history was uh, an RPG book or like RPG like game from the late 80s called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness. Uh, it was done by Paladine Books? Pa- pa- Palladium. Palladium Books. I can't read. Palladium Books. And uh, it's it's another one of those things that I ended up with a whole bunch of copies, or a whole bunch of the books, because I bought a bunch of Ninja Turtles lots in the early aughts, right? So I've had the, the, the RPG books for quite some time, and I just thought, oh, well, these are just kind of lost to time. Weird little evidence of, of, of you know, 80s crap. But... Palladium is actually rebooting the book or re-releasing the book. They're redoing the book. Uh, it's going to hit Kickstarter later this year, I'm assuming. Um, I don't see yeah. a date atta- attached to when it's coming out, but they are kickstarting a brand new TMNT and other strangeness our role-playing game. And it's going to launch as a... <laughs> A new version of the same game or like an updated version of the same game. It's going to be a hardcover book. Uh, there's going to be two different books because there were a lot of expansions to the original game. And this is going to be like the original book with a couple of expansions. And then the second book is going to be a bunch of expansions to go with that. And all of them are going to be based on original expansions. Like it's, it's there. It seems like they're really taking the source material into, uh, into account here and and really building it around the legacy like so much so that the the cover art is an homage to the original cover art yeah and i i was not familiar with with uh this because you know i was not a a tabletop guy uh growing up you know D D and stuff like that i just never got into it yeah and um but i'm I might snag one of these. I mean, I was especially um, uh, interested, or my interest was piqued uh, when it said uh, new art by Eastman and Laird and more. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, hey now. <laughs> you know, because apart from, you know, I love Kevin's art. I love, I love Peter's art. And of course, Dooney is like, those are the three for me. Yeah. Um, those are my three n- tops. Yeah, man. Like, I I never actually played the RPG. I just have the old books. We might uh, have to do that. That would be a uh, fun, like, stream or something, know, maybe. Have you, these books are thick. This isn't yeah. like a, this isn't like, hey, let's sit down and learn how to play it when, as we're playing it. No, someone needs to come prepared. Someone needs to know how this thing works before we get started. Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, if there's someone out there who wants to do a TMNT and other strangeness like role playing stuff with with us, and they know what they're doing, because I wouldn't even know how to run one of these things. Uh, yeah. Reach out. Jeff is right. That sounds like a fun stream, but yeah. we cannot be trusted to do that right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're looks copious. Like the uh, looks like it launches on Halloween. Hey. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's launching on Halloween, uh, and that'll be it. Just, just Google, just Google it. it. The Kickstarter should pop right up. It's, it's not hard to find. Um, 
Or we can just link it in the show notes. We will link it in the show notes, but no one checks the show notes. You, I, you people out there, I know who you are. They you're don't check, check the show y'all, notes. Y'all, hey, hey, hey. We got some smart listeners out there. It's the They're not so smart, smart listeners. They don't need the show notes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> They've used a Google before. Uh, the and you would be thing, surprised how many people don't do that. But anyway, uh, we're taking it in show notes, thing. folks. Yeah. Uh, another book. Uh, this one is – this one was announced during New York Comic Con uh, this year, and it's coming from IDW, who – of course, releases a lot of Ninja Turtles books, and it's something I personally have been waiting on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And that is a source book. Finally, a TMNT source book for the IDW series. There are 144 issues in, I think, as of this week. It's about time to bundle some some lore together and say, here's how you can get caught up without having to read 144 books right right and it according to the panel where they announced this uh it's gonna it's gonna be four uh, four issues and they're gonna start being released in january i don't know how accurate that is because i think the solicits for january are already in the book are already out there and it's not in the diamond catalog Mm -hmm. but i could be wrong maybe i'm going crazy but but yeah a source book is greatly needed. I'm very, very, very excited about that. I like source books a lot. Um, I really wish that we could get the canceled Mirage source book. Yeah. Yeah. We were so close. I pre-ordered like two copies, and then just the entire world came crashing down. I'm like, no! That, that oh man... The thing is, is a source book is something that a third party could do. Like, yeah, IDW yeah. could do one, or 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 like uh, the, the. I mean, the, let's the, go ahead and let's go ahead and assume that everything was already done. Like, I don't know how much was done. Um, I mean, I know I remember seeing you know cover art and you know stuff like that. Um, so depending upon it, you know, like, hey. It's got to be there somewhere. So somebody reach out to IDW and be like, hey, let's make this happen. Like in my mind, like when when Nickelodeon did the buyout, they just kind of showed up with a uh, with a pallet truck and said, hey, Mirage, put everything you have on this truck and we're going to throw it in storage somewhere and get to it eventually. If if it was done and those pages do exist somewhere. Who knows if they will ever be found? They could be deep in some storage like shed on a hard drive that's been baking in 90 degree heat for 10 years. They would put it in like air conditioned warehouses. They they definitely would. They wouldn't be throwing stuff like that. Um, I'm, I'm just saying like, like weirder things have happened in t- entire like masters of like like okay i don't know if you've heard this story the archie book like the the archie run right oh yeah all of those colors all of those colors were just thrown away all of all of the 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 
the inked and colored pages got thrown away. And this was at Mirage, right? This was at Mirage. So, like, I have no no trust. Because knowing IDW, they would have already done this. Yeah. They would have all they they love they love tapping into that stuff. So who knows? Who knows? It could still be out there, but I'm just happy that they're doing one for the series that needs it the most. Yeah. The IDW series. Um, next up, we have a tiny, tiny little bitty news uh, when it comes to the Tales of the TMNT Paramount Plus series. When is that debuting? Jeff. Uh oh, very aptly, uh, Sergio, April, April twenty twenty four, and this ain't no fool. <laughs> yeah, that's not that like six months is, or I guess five months now because October's almost over. That's not very far away. It's not either. They were working on this already, or they're uh, they're pushing some animators, which is not encouraged to do. They probably you know. were already working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's exciting. That is exciting. Now, yeah. granted, uh, the actor strike doesn't mess with that, but I don't I don't know if it does. I don't think it does. Well, yeah, yeah, we talked about this last time. Like they yeah. were all they were they're working on it. So if it's a voice actor thing, could could be could be done differently. Um, yeah. April of 2024. I really want more details as to you know what's going down i hear that like there's a there's a soft real soft rumor that the purple dragons are in it oh that'd be cool hopefully we get to see some more uh, more details that would be lovely uh and one more piece of news is a very tiny again small piece of news barely news uh, i found a michelangelo figure that i wanted you to check out with me okay it is the uh, Clog 2 Urban Combat Michelangelo statue. Okay. I, I don't know what Clog... I guess Clog 2 is the designer of the statue? I guess. That, that might make sense. Uh, it's coming in September of 2024, so we're looking at 11 months from now. It's basically Michelangelo in full street gear holding a... Uh, a a boombox to his head and a skateboard on his back. He's wearing sneakers. He like he is he's a cool dude here. Let's see here. Do you not see it? Yes, I do. Oh, what is up with his freaking fingers, man? That's just throwing <laughs> me off. What do you mean that he's he's doing the hang ten thing? I know it's so weird though. He's got tattoos on his arm like a cool dude would have. Yeah, nah. Uh, nah. Nah. I, like, I don't, I, I, I don't hate it. I actually really like it. I don't like how small his shell is. His head looks kind of tiny. I think his head might actually properly be portioned, proportioned. Uh, he just, usually their heads are just big. Um, yeah, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I dig it. I don't dig it enough to pay $200 for it. That is a bit out of... That's wild. Yeah. Um, but I think this Clog 2 guy, I think that's what's really kind of pushing the... Yeah, Clog 2 looks to be a, an artist. And they're, I think they're trying to trade on that guy's uh, pedigree, like his his name. 
which I guess makes sense. You know, they've done they've done cool stuff before with artists. So who knows? Who knows? If this is your thing, buy it. If not, it just is just a novel little fun thing. Yeah, I will be passing on that. <laughs> I would buy a print of his that has yeah. the, his his four cool versions of the turtles and Splinter, but that that's about as far as I would go. Uh, right. Do you have any other news, or is that it for us? I've got a weird uh, thing that that popped up on uh, uh, Facebook Marketplace. Oh, uh, no. I sent oh, this to no. you, and I was like, "What the shell? Somebody is selling Donatello's used screen used feet from Turtles Three, the movie, for three thousand dollars restored." I'm like, "What? <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. What does restored mean in this context?" Looking at like, this did image, they put some it, armor all on them or something. <laughs> like from looking at this image, it don't look like much, because you know those materials. As if you've seen the nightmares, that is what those things look like now. That that stuff was never designed to last. Yeah, oh yeah, those things were definitely made for a short time, not a long time. Yeah, or and a good time, not a long time. It's uh, it, it's it's definitely Five Nights at Freddy's freaky you know, uh, looking, um, it look, I'm not in Illinois in in Illinois. (laughs) So I'm like only in Illinois. (laughs) Like, would that be a cool thing to have in my house? Absolutely. It looks like just old pickles that have been left out in the sun. Yeah. You, you know what the first thing I would do? The mm. first thing I would do is if I got them, you would if I got put them, them on. Oh, yeah. Them yes, absolutely. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Photo shoot with Sergio's turtle feet. Like, that's exactly what would happen. Oh, my God. Uh, so I guess check out Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> yeah, just type in Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Donatello screen used feet. <laughs> Fully restored. <laughs> and that's today's or this uh, this episode's weird, dumb news. What does what does restored mean? I want I, to know. I don't know, because they do not look look it at all. I love that they wrinkle like they're actually aging. Yeah. Did oh, you man. find it? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. These things look like relics. Donatello's feet began cracking and peeling before we began restoring them. Did you like oil them down? Like what did they had? They repainted them. Is that what it says? It looks like it. Yeah. It's a, there's a picture of Megan. Add she's adding the final painted details to Donatello's custom feet. Oh, brother. I do need new shoes. I mean, look, <laughs> I would not go the extra mile for for that. Well, uh, that does it for news. <laughs> uh, I, I guess stick around. We have a main topic coming up after the break. 
And we're back. Uh, all right, Jeff. It's time for our main topic. Uh, this one, like this time, we have uh, quite an interesting set of books to read. Or we do that we read. Um, so I guess we got to put a little put a little history uh, down before we can actually ta- start talking about the books. Uh, as listeners of the show know and fans of the series know that Ninja Turtles were created by Peter Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman and published under the name under the company Mirage for a very long time up until about 1990 what five mm-hmm. somewhere around there uh, let me see if I can get an actual date on that and that includes all of volume one which is the black and white first 62 issues and then of course volume two which was a third a short 13 issue two year just over two year run uh that was in color and published by mirage well it was 96 yeah 96 was was the end of the the mirage years at that point at the end of volume two turtle world was kind of uh not collapsing but it was contracting uh the turtles weren't nearly as popular in 96 as they were you know five years prior Mm -hmm. Uh, Power Rangers were kind of eating their lunch when it comes to Saturday morning television and every every afternoon television. Um, The Turtles fad seemed to be in the rear view. And Mirage decided we're going to farm out publishing to Image and allow, you know, a writer over there to take over and publish a brand new volume and we're just going to step away for a while, if not indefinitely. Yeah. Well, image picked up the, you know, picked up that. And they, of course, published the infamous volume three, which we have not covered here yet. Uh, and that's kind of the, the next set of books that I wanted to get to because it's, it's a fun read. Uh, we talked to Gary Carlson already about it and, and there was an official IDW ending to it. Like there's a lot to get to, Mm-hmm. in that space so we need to get there but before we can do that we kind of need to get through some like like almost like a preamble like a like a pregame uh for volume three and it's not necessary not necessarily books that are canonically important to volume three but it's kind of the the turtles dipping their toes into the image universe or the image um style mm-hmm and that's what these books are. It's it's everything that was published before volume three, but is related to the image run. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. What does that include? Uh, well, that in, that does include the uh, the infamous body count uh, four issue miniseries, and both of the Savage Dragon crossover series series which totals out to eight books of uh, a real quick read and fun, kind of a fun read on some of them. Some of them are kind of miserable, but we'll get to those individually in a, in a few moments. Uh, but here's where I ask you, Jeff, prior to this little project, had you read any of these? I had not. Um, what was your familiarity with them? I, I, remember seeing 
body count on a shelf mm-hmm. uh, in a local comic shop. And I was like, what is this? I was like, nah. Um, it just wasn't, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't interested. Um, I guess. Cause like maybe at that time I was getting out of my, I was out of my turtles phase and into power Rangers and other stuff and whatever, you know, other comic things. Um, you know, uh, cause you know, the show just wasn't, it was still goofy and, you know, there was not a lot of action and so many other things had come out that had lots of action that, that just fueled my interest, you know? And, um, yeah. so I was just like, oh, that, that art looks weird and stuff. And I was in a very odd place, uh, <laughs> with it. And I don't remember, I remember we, we got the image, the Jim Lee action figures, right? Like we got some of those. We got three of the four. Yeah. And um, I was like, what is this? Why do the turtles look like they've, on steroids and i I have i have all three of those figures by the way yeah (laughs) because they're just so stupid looking but but yeah we got three of them leonardo there were there were sculpts released and like you know pre-release images came out but he was never actually never hit the never hit the shelf um yeah that's kind of where i was like by 1996 i was 13 years old and uh, Turtles was kind of behind me at that point anyway. And I was, I, I had seen some of the image books on like a, the rack at uh, the local Kroger. And I saw the cover and I'm like, man, these, these dudes look awesome. Like, man, uh, is this what they mean? The turtles used to be, you know, savage killers when they were in, you know, the comic books. And then I picked it up and saw that it was black and white and immediately lost interest, put it down, never touched it until, you know, I became an adult. Right. Yeah. Because kids, it's hard for kids to read black and white stuff when there's mm-hmm. color stuff right next to it. Uh, going back through when I, when I actually dug deep into all of this and, decided I'm going to buy and read all of volume three. I didn't do that until like the mid two thousands. That's, that's when I really got deep into it. And at that point, a lot of the like I- image as a, as, as a publisher in the nineties, very, very much had a style. And that style was big, muscly action, giant guns, explosions, extreme extreme it was 90s on 11 it was like it was kind of obnoxious but also if they were trying to develop a style they did a really good job of setting themselves apart yeah like it gosh that, that whole like pocket of the 90s era you know bullets boobs babes yep you know that that's it that's you know let's 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 sex sells let's market half naked women uh and just big big masses because they said where's is that you know and uh it, it's something that we will never see again yeah yeah it, it was it was and as i said image was really probably the the top offender here but they were acknowledging that comic book nerds aren't necessarily 10 years old and are the people you would expect to read comics. 
they're 25, 32, 37, and they want boobs, babes, and bullets. Like, yeah, that that was full on a thing. And as I said before, Image really just leaned into that as hard as possible. And their Turtle series was not like was not off limits. Like that, the, there was a lot of that in it. There's some of that in these crossovers that we read. Uh, Kevin Eastman, at the time, owned Heavy Metal Magazine, which is like the poster child for boobs, bullets, and babes. Yep. So he was completely on board. And Body Count, it's 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 a collaboration between him and is it Simon Bisley? Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, Simon Bisley, a uh, a uh, like a, a European artist who also worked within that realm, within that realm of hyper violent, hyper action, big guns, big boobs, like everything is on eleven, and you ha- it's I kind of liken it to wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah, that's a good analogy there. You know, if you don't know anything about wrestling and you turn on a wrestling pay-per-view, you're going to be confused. Probably it's probably going to be off-putting and you're going to say, this is real stupid and you're going to turn it off. But if you understand what you're looking at, it's going to be wonderful. You're going to have a great time and you're going to tune in again. Yeah. That's, that's what this is. And if you're on board body count, could be considered a masterpiece. Like, you really have to thread the needle there through a lot of different <laughs> caveats to, 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 to get to that point. I don't think, I, I definitely don't think it's a masterpiece, but I've heard people say, like, give it that type of praise. Uh, where do you fall, specifically on Body Count? Because, because th- these are two different sets of books. What'd you think of body count as a whole? So being my first time, uh, reading it, um, I had a good time. Like it's for those of you who didn't grow up in the nineties, <laughs> um, it was, it was very much like the late eighties, early nineties, hyper, you know, maybe mid, mid maybe mid eighties, to, to uh, early 90s, like the hyper-violent era. You know, you got RoboCop, you got... Uh, that's like the most hyper-violent movie that I can think of from the 90s, from the, eight, <laughs> from the 80s. Um, but there were, there were tons more, um, you know, especially in anime, which, you know, they were all about that, that hyper-violence. And... Uh, this is definitely a hyper violent book. Yes. And to the point to where it's just absurd <laughs> with like a lot of the, the things that happen in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, Oh, this is absolutely hilarious. It, it's like somebody sneezed and their head exploded into like a, just a mound of spaghetti uh, sauce yeah. Yeah. with the eyeballs poking out. I was like, this is hilarious. And it's it's you know it's it's just a good dumb fun reader like hey 
you know, I'm dating Julie Strain. I think I need to put her in a comic book. <laughs> that's, that's a true. body. That's a body that certainly counts. Uh, uh cute. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to give you credit for that. I mean, look, come on. <laughs> come on. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a fantastic way to put it. I I don't like it. There's really? v- there's very little narrative to any of it. I do love the over the top nature of it. Like there, there are moments that are just so violent that it's hilarious and that I'm kind of on board with. But the narrative of bo- body count could have been told in like a double sized annual. Yeah. And they would have lost zero of the story and there it could have been written better, uh, but we'll, we'll get to all that when we actually break down the books. I uh, One thing that you may not realize, this was originally pitched as a five-issue series published by Mirage under the name Casey Jones and Raphael. I did not know. One issue was actually released. Uh... You can find it on the internet. You can buy it. It's it, issue. It's it's billed as issue one of five of Casey Jones and Raphael. And then it was once they made the deal with Image and decided that's the future of the Turtles. They stopped, moved everything over to Image, republished the first issue with some more pages. So I I guess so they could get a, their hundred page book in you know, a four issue miniseries rather than a five. And it was released as body count as a four issue miniseries. Uh, from there, here's, here's also some more inside baseball stuff. Like it then was reprinted as a trade, which is really the way to go. Like that's probably the best way to read body count. But in the trade, apparently there were further edits made to it, like episode one style, to fix plot holes and typos and just just generally make it a better overall package. And when it was released as a trade, there it, Kevin Eastman wrote up a whole like six page the making of body count. And I read through all of that and it's. There's not that many nuggets of 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 like wisdom that he throws out in there. It is cool to see uh, his creative process with Simon Bisley. One thing he does say is that the whole thing is kind of inspired by John Woo movies. Oh, yeah. He like he had a long conversation with Simon about I I want to make a a comic that is basically a John Woo movie and I want it to be the longest gunfight in the history of comics. So th- that's, that's really the angle that they were, they were, they were creating the series from. And I guess to mixed results, they successfully did that. Uh, body count has been reprinted a few times as trades. Like it was originally printed as a trade by image in the nineties it was then printed again uh, by Heavy Metal in 2008, I believe it was. Yeah, 
in 2008. It still had all the same bonus material. Uh, nothing really changed except it's in a, a bigger format and all the backgrounds were turned black rather than white. And then it was printed again by Top Shelf Productions as a hardback in 2018. To my knowledge, I could not find a copy. I could not find anywhere where it has been reprinted by IDW. And that makes me think that Bisley owns some sort of rights to it that prevents them from doing that. That's usually the case. Uh, it's, it's not really IDW's, uh, (laughs) they're usually on top of reprinting stuff. So I don't know. It's not like it's not available. It's easy to find. If you need to read it, go read it. It's, 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 it's fun. Anything before we get anything else before we get started. Okay. Well, I'm going to quote unquote go over the plot of each body count book. There's not much plot. It's mainly just heads exploding. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll reconvene after each each issue. So book one starts with a bar fight that Casey Jones is in. Uh, and there's blood and punches being thrown. Uh, l- blood flying, punches being thrown left and right. Uh, really just graphic violence and uh, some really wicked panels, right? Uh, cut to a... A, a woman being attempted to be gunned down via drive-by uh, from a car. We don't know who the woman is. We don't know who the car is or why she's being shot at. Uh, we then go to a flashback to Hong Kong. Uh, it doesn't say how long ago it was, but it was. it's definitely in the past. The We learn the character's name is Midnight. Uh, Midnight was part of a heist gone wrong in Hong Kong, and yeah, we are good. what's that? Yeah, that was a good rhyme. <laughs> Heist gone wrong in Hong, in Hong Kong. Kong. Uh if we did episode names. Um I'll do it. No. No. Aww. So we see the Heist That's go the unofficial wrong. name, folks. Yes, yes, absolutely. We are led to believe that this has something to do with the reason she's being shot at. There, we then cut back to the bar brawl. There's a whole bunch of brawling, a whole bunch of bullets, a whole bunch of spilled coffee and cocktails, it, and other fluids. And yeah, yeah, it's 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 all over the place. We find out that the person chasing her is named Johnny, and he was in he was part of the the failed uh, heist in Hong Kong, and. She meets up with Casey, and Casey's all like, well, I have to protect you because you're a pretty lady, right? That's that's kind of the attitude he has. Raphael shows up right when they're both about to get shot, and he, of course, joins the, the fight. There's a fantastic splash page uh, of him punching someone with a sigh, which is definitely not how you use a sigh. Uh, and we then end issue one with them fleeing from a injured Johnny, all three of them. Uh, we don't have much explanation as to really what's going on, except that Casey and Raphael have gotten themselves in a pickle. Very big pickle. Yeah. Uh, what stands out in issue one of Body Count? Ah, oh, man. Let's see here. I mean, you'd be crazy not 
to notice the hyperviolence first. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just right there in your face. It feels very, uh, you know, uh, Frank Miller, Dark Knight Returns-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first, the, the first place I was like, oh, uh, sorry. The first place my mind went was like, oh, that's Julie Strain. <laughs> there's, there's, there, there's no way that's not, not her. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why are they, why are they chasing Julie Strain? And, like, and oh, like, honestly, I'm surprised Casey Jones doesn't look more like Kevin Eastman. Yeah, I'm a little uh, surprised as well. Um, I do rather enjoy the art in this book because it's just it gets so weird and like absurd and almost like cracked magazine, disgusting weird at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I I kind of I kind of dig it. Um, yeah, I like. I am very, I have very mixed feelings on the art because there are some absolutely stunning panels. Then there are some ridiculous ones that just look like a clown show, you know? Yeah. So, and I don't think that's an effort thing. I I just think that's the, that's what they were going for. Yeah. Which I guess is fine. Um, there's a couple of pages with Raphael that are just absolutely wonderful. So I, I it, 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 it's kind of an acquired taste, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Let's see. I don't think there's any Easter eggs uh, or sorry, nuggets. There you go. Uh, and here, I do like that one splash page of, of Raph just smacking that dude in the face. Yep. That is just nuts. We all, we we learned that Casey doesn't like guns. Oh yeah. He makes it very clear. He does not like guns. I'm trying to think of like what rocker he looks like. Cause he looks like a heavy metal guy, which is intentional. Uh, I was thinking he looks like Bruce Campbell in most of this. He does a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. With like longer hair, which I don't think I've ever seen Bruce Campbell with long hair. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I've never seen Bruce Campbell in anything with long hair. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, that that that, that hyper violent age, man. It's it's just it's something else. It, it really is. It, it's, it's a it's a it's a place in time. Let's knock out book two. Okay. <laughs> because I, I I feel like our critiques of these are going to be very consistent across the board. Yeah. Like uh, I just um, in love. I I they got so creative with like the 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 deaths and and the a lot of these panels. Like there's one where it some I guess it's a going to say a lady of the night is mm-hmm. bringing up on the table and I'm like what in the what yep. and it looks like she and in the process of that kicks a dude in the face and he spills coffee and like it dude's getting shot in the back of his legs and I was like, it's it's wild folks it, it really is 
and we've seen some wild panels in in Turtles books. This, this might be one of the wildest ones. And there's like <laughs> under the table, there's a there's another woman just like staring straight at you. I was like, are you, are you, are you okay? She's like, hey, what's up? That's exactly what that looks like. It's page six, <laughs> page sixteen, the very bottom of that panel. Issue two picks up exact, pretty much where the first one leaves off. Uh, Midnight, Casey, and Raph are together. She's trying to explain to them what's going on. They find out that they've gotten themselves caught up into some mob violence. Uh, Raph is very, very hesitant to join the party here. He does not like the idea of working with someone who has worked with the mob. And Casey just seems kind of smitten because she's hot Julie Strain, right? Uh, we meet a whole other group of characters who are basically um, the feds. They're 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 the 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 local police and the the, the feds and the, the FBI and it's like, hey, whose case is this? Uh, you're not on the case anymore. I'm getting we're going giving this to like you know just typical whose jurisdiction is this? We need to find out what's going on kind of stuff and. There's this one short dude with purple and black pinstripe suit, which I really dig that stupid looking suit. Uh, Casey and Raph and Midnight are found very quickly by their pursuers, and the rest of the issue kind of happens around them. Uh, there's a lot of a lot more violence, a lot more innocent bystanders have their heads blown off. Um, there's a there's another flashback to Hong Kong where we get where they trickle out a little bit more information on how midnight is being blamed for what happened at the, the uh, being blamed for what happened in Hong Hong Kong, but we still don't have all of the details. It's, it's, it's literally being trickled out. Uh, midnight makes it clear that she's trying to make it to a place called sanctuary she believes that she can actually be protected by the people there. And Casey's like, well, then we got to help, man. We got to help. And Raph is like, fine, I don't want to, but I will because you're my boy. And, of course, there's a whole bunch more shooting, a whole bunch more death, a whole bunch more uh, brains being blown off. And then the issue just kind of ends with a pin being pulled on a grenade. Did that cover basically everything? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so a page and a half of exposition and a whole bunch of death. I mean, you're all set. Couple of, couple of new characters, you know, uh, the, the feds are finally here. I don't even know if the feds are necessary to the story. It doesn't feel like they are very much. No, if you cut them out, I don't know if, if this loses any context whatsoever. Um, there are some fun deaths in this one. There's one scene where a dude's head just get his head literally gets shot off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it just man, man, I, I I don't know what to say, man. I, how can you describe, hey, these people keep dying like over and over and over because that's what this is. It's just just murder everywhere. What are your thoughts? I'm here for this weird, wild ride. Like <laughs> these errors, like in between, like there's so many oddities 
Uh, yep. And I, I, I just, I, I dig the weird stuff, you know. Um, I mean, there's, there's a panel where, um, you know, Midnight is talking to Casey, and Raphael's just like, I'm gonna puke. I was like, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. And I love the look on his his face. That does uh, sound like something the turtle would say in the original cartoon, though. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, it's, so it's not that far off of, of, you know, expectation. But but you're right. It, it's it, not there. Nothing is done subtly. There's yeah. no subtlety in body count. None whatsoever. Like, yeah. especially when they're um, trying to kind of disguise themselves and uh, Raphael looks like the shortest kid in the world. <laughs> and this giant baggy, like it just doesn't look like it's framed right. Or just like, not framed, um, height-wise. He looks like he's way shorter than he's supposed to be, unless he's hunching down. Um, well, he, he's the turtles are canonically short, right? Well, yeah, but like in one panel, he looks like he he comes up to midnight's chest fairly easy, and then in the next panel, he's like way below that. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And then of course oh, the next man. the next scene over, you get a just a bloodbath, and I let that one guy uh, straight to the, straight to the head, just just disgusting face blown apart, eyes just. One guy got shot in the butt cheeks. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hyper violence meets crack magazine. It, it you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love how Raphael is having difficulty with the guns because they're not the triggers are not <laughs> exactly yeah. made with giant turtle fingers in mind. But hey, it's okay because giant sausage turtle fingers can play a guitar and type in very tiny keyboard keys no problem but when it comes to guns there's a problem yeah oh yeah yeah that that <laughs> that, that wasn't that was a nice little touch oh uh, wasn't it wasn't it yeah um we also learned that hot dog hot dog carts are very explosive um yeah because that makes sense yeah i mean if there's a propane tank in there you gotta that's heating stuff up maybe sure maybe I, I, I guess you're right. That's that makes sense. You puncture one of those. It's not going to be pretty. So no, no. So. Oh, we haven't mentioned that Johnny's name is Johnny Woo Woo. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Johnny Woo Woo. Johnny Woo Woo. That's pretty ridiculous. Yes. Yes. Well, let's tackle issue three, because as I said, it's a lot of the same audio. An audio podcast is probably not the best way to be reviewing the body count books. Right. But that's 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 what we're doing. So. Uh, so we, we ended the last issue with them taking shelter in Club Dread, which is like a like a local nightclub in Pittsburgh. In this one, they Club Dread is about to blow up because a grenade was thrown into it, and Johnny Woo Woo's goon squad has shown up to murder everyone. Basically, our heroes escape, 
out the back door after the or as the building is exploding. Johnny Woo Woo is still tracking them. They ex- he explodes the entire building and leaves very shortly after the feds show up and they're like, oh, man, this is the same thing. Johnny Woo Woo. Oh, you know, just they're not really portrayed as complete idiots, but they are portrayed as always one step behind the the the, the main characters. Right. Uh, our heroes head towards sanctuary because they they met someone in the diner that can they can get them there they make it to sanctuary which looks to be in an old uh in an old church building thinking hey we can go, go here all these people will help us survive blah 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 we meet some colorful characters there only for them to immediately be attacked by johnny woo woo and his crew and that is what catapults us into the final issue uh there's a bunch of deaths and a bunch of killing and a bunch of dying and then the book ends this one again there's like one to two story beats in every issue the rest is just explosions what'd you think of issue three ah you know it's 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 more of the weirdness and i'm i'm here for all of it um I think I enjoyed this one a little more because it just keeps getting more absurd. Yeah. Um, I really like the art in this one a lot. Um, there's the scenes where uh, Raph is just like, you know what? I'm just going to use guns. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He finally you decides know. to break off the, the trigger guard. Yeah. And I, I I dug that that was really cool. Um, as far as nuggets go, for some reason Jason Voorhees shows up. Yeah, this one had a few nuggets in it that even I noticed. So yeah, Jason Voorhees is in it. Uh, there's also a Terminator reference. Yeah. As like as a hand is is you know on fire, there's a backdraft reference. Uh, because there's a firefighter whose name on, on his, uh, fire fireman Jersey or uniform is Kurt. Yeah. Yeah. There's, so. there's even a one panel, uh, where it's, uh, it says Pittsburgh Southside. It looks like the building from, uh, turtles issue one. It does. That's, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Turtles issue one doesn't take place in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Kind of funny. Yeah. There, there were there were some weird references in this one. Uh, Casey got his uh his red, white, and blue, or his his American flag mask in the from, in this issue from nowhere. <laughs> no, no, no backstory to that. No reasoning. No a plot hole. <laughs> it was it was just there, sitting on a pile of guns. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just, and now we have an action figure coming. We do. That's we do. Cool. Yeah, it's a it's a best action, uh, yeah. Casey. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. There's there is a really gnarly death towards the end uh, of a, of a dude who got ran over by a car and his entire body is just ripped apart and his blood is like strewn over the entire roof of the car. 
like roadkill style. Yeah, yeah, you see intestines and innards and yeah, it's it's bad. Pretty disgusting. Hmm. Let's do book four and wrap this up. Okay. Sanctuary is being attacked by Johnny Woo Woo and his crew. Uh, there's guns and there's fighting and there's more guns. Raphael's shooting people. Uh, Johnny Woo Woo reaches through the empty cavity of some dude's f- f- dead body to use him as a human shield. Uh, <laughs> Casey gets shot on like page four. Uh, and so he's kind of he, he seems to be down for the count. Um, Midnight shows up in a scantily clad superhero costume that she gets from nowhere that is just barely containing her nipples. And he, <laughs> she challenges Johnny Woo Woo to hand to hand fight with, I guess these are daggers. I, I don't know if they have an official name. Uh, and instead of Johnny Woo Woo just shooting her, he accepts and they fight. Uh, he takes his shirt off. There's a long fight where they're talking about uh, their history in Hong Kong and going through how she was framed for uh, the the job going wrong. Uh, did we already know that they were brother and sister at this point, or was that revealed here? It was revealed here. Okay, that's what I thought. I believe, because like, I don't remember reading it. Otherwise. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's stabbing, there's thongs, and then more stabbing. Uh, Casey is presumed dead. Raphael is very upset. Uh, and then we find out that Casey just has a Wayne Gretzky hockey puck on him at all times. I mean, I would. And that Wayne Gretzky hockey puck saved his life. Like every movie you've ever seen where someone gets saved by some stupid thing in their pocket. Yeah. Uh, Midnight ends up killing Johnny Woo Woo, uh, and her nipple pops out, and seemingly the the problems are solved. Johnny, now that Johnny's dead, his his uh his boys were going to shoot everyone, but decide not to because the the feds are showing up and the building was about to explode. The building explodes right as the feds show up. Our heroes escape as Johnny Woo's metal hand flies towards them. Uh, Casey and Midnight share a sloppy kiss. We are finally given the closure on uh, Midnight's story of, of her being uh, framed for what went down. And they're like, had this been told in a more concise form? I feel like I would care more about the betrayal and about the, the backstabbing and the, the, the whole mob part of this. But because it's, you know, they, they drag it, drag it along to four issues of heads exploding. It's hard to care, you know? Yeah. Um, the very end of the book is Casey and, and Raph making their way back to New York, uh, to continue their lives, uh, without midnight. So that's body count. The aptly named body count. Yes, it is. Uh, what'd you think of the finale here? More, more absurdity. 
<laughs> more ultra violence, more more goodness. Um, I I just really enjoyed these. Um, probably the dumbest thing was Johnny using somebody's body as a shield, <laughs> just like Mortal Kombat style through his chest. Like, ah, here we go. I'm gonna use you as a meat puppet shield. Yeah, that that's where I was finally like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be taking this story seriously. I, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> my absolute fa- favorite panel. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, it's right there on page two. Like, Raph has just got, you know what? I, I've had it. And he's just, he's pulling out the big guns. And whoever he shoots in the face literally <laughs> is the most hilarious disgusting panel i think in or one of them in 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 this entire book <laughs> it looks like it the best way i can describe it to you to you guys it looks like the um the spitter from jurassic park <laughs> yes it does uh, meets Joe Eyeball. Uh, yeah, it's it's just completely ignoring the existence of physics and just liquefying someone's face. I mean, ooh, that's a good name for a movie, The Liquefier. The Liquefier? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty I, sure that probably exists. I'm Googling it right now. It's oh, got nice. to be a thing already. It looks like it's a book. No, it's a piece of art. Oh. I'm sure... If you're a fan of Body Count, you really dig everything that's in this four-issue series. And you should. It's for you. It's not for me. It's fine. I I, I don't super love Kevin Eastman's writing style, like his solo writing style. Uh, I feel like there's a nugget of a great story in here somewhere. But it is so it is buried so deep under bodies that it's really hard to, to 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 care about any of it. I do dig a lot of the art. Like I it is it is very much art of the of the era and you, you know like when you when you see some like some uh some like super black and white art deco stuff from the 1920s and 30s, you just get that feeling of ah, that's the era. It's from yeah, this is like the Art Deco of tacky '90s comics. Yeah, it screams so much of its era that it's that, that you're not going to confuse it with something else. Yeah, uh, I I don't have much else to say except uh, probably don't read Body Count unless you are really into what we just described. You kind of wonder what what were what was everybody on when they they decided to make these or uh you know it, what what were you watching like up late at night because we all know that at late at night that's where the best inspiration comes from yeah it, it's it's funny that you say oddity like it reminds me of those mtv oddity like, oh yeah cartoons it reminds me of liquid television you know oh, that was good stuff uh, yeah like it and in 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 a weird way it reminds me of duck man you know just oh freaking love some duck man yeah just just weird late night 90s trash you know that's what this feels like and i don't have to read body count again 
and I think I'm okay with it. Yeah. So that's where I stand. We need to move on. We have four more books to read. We do. Uh, next up is the Savage Dragon. Yeah. Uh, these were released several years apart. Like it's it's coming uh, coming back to these and trying to piece together when you're supposed to read each issue is kind of a pain. Yeah. Uh, and I don't like it. At the time, if you were just buying comics at a comic shop when they were coming out, this probably wasn't a big deal. You could just, you know, oh, oh, the turtles are in Savage Dragon this week. Well, let me check it out, you know. So, like, the way this works is there's four books. Two of them are in the Savage Dragon ongoing comic. And two of them are crossovers published by different publishers in different years. So the first one we're going to read is Savage Dragon number two. The second Savage Dragon book from 1993. And the turtles are huge just on the cover. And this is from 1993. So this is a good three years before the turtles turned into a image property. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of weird. Here is the Savage Dragon number two. I'm going to skip over all of the stuff that has nothing to do with the turtles. Like, there's a whole section at the beginning of this where there's cops and we meet some scantily clad image comics heroine and she doesn't show back up. There's a female cop that doesn't show back up in either of these, so we're just going to skip that. Uh, The Turtles ambush the Savage Dragon on a rooftop in Chicago. What their... No, I'm sorry. The Savage Dragon is from Chicago. He's visiting New York to handle a stone gargoyle problem that New York is having. The turtles ambush him because they don't know who he is and attack him on a rooftop. There's a, there's a really fun little fight with them, uh, them and the savage dragon on a rooftop. Uh, and then of course, as always, Hey, we're both on the same team. We're good guys. I'm a good guy. I'm a cop. You know, the same thing that happens in every single crossover ever when they're attacked by what looks to be a gargoyle that's kind of a crow. Uh, they then fight that gargoyle crow thing. The savage dragon pl- punches it. It explodes. He assumes, job done. I can go back to Chicago now. We in the shadows see some uh, villainous-looking, Ghostbusters-looking character that was clearly controlling the the stone gargoyle that is pretty much where the story ends there's a whole bunch of other stuff in the book but it has nothing to do with the crossover of the 29 pages i think what not even 20 of them like maybe 15 of them are the actual story that we're working with here what'd you think of this this, you know, I, I was wondering when we were going to get to these, and uh-huh. I I love Savage Dragon. Um, it's it, it's very much, it feels like part RoboCop, part you know, let's 
let's have you know mutants or everything now it's just a fun concept and i've always just really enjoyed the character um i mean they even turned it into a, a saturday morning cartoon on usa but it was it was it was nice to uh dive back into these yeah this this crossover just made absolute sense not knowing anything about savage dragon like before or after i don't still don't know much about the character he seems to have the kind of banter that i like in a in a hero yeah uh, there were a couple of times in, in, in this crossover, in, in both of the crossovers, where I just chuckled because he said some stuff that was actually funny and, like, still funny 20 years later, 30 yeah, years it, later at this point. It it feels very Hellboy-esque. Yeah, yeah. You know, anytime you've got, like, a tough guy that's, like, very cynical – I was like, we gravitate towards towards those characters because, you know, it's just it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But but yeah, as for the entire book, there's not much there's not much there when it comes to the Savage Dragon stuff. And the one big turnoff for me in that 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 book is I don't care about all of your other bootleg heroes that you're trying to pitch in your image book. Yeah, you know, like you have my attention with the Savage Dragon. Come, like, convince me that he's a cool character. You have twenty five, twenty nine pages to convince me he's a cool character. Why are you spending so much time on these other characters that I have no reason to care about? They're not interacting with my boys. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I get and, that. So, so I guess that's where I stand on it. I like I like the pages with our, the turtles and the dragon. They're just sandwiched between a bunch of stuff I don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to issue one of. T- it. All right. So <laughs> the first half of the story was in issue two of Savage Dragon. The second half of the story is in issue one of the Savage Dragon Ninja Turtles crossover. So you so, read book two first and book one second. It's and so weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like nobody at nobody at Image and nobody at Mirage sat down and said, how do we make this easy to read? Nobody. And then... And then no one said, hey, let's collect it to make it super easy to read because there was it was never released in a trade. <sighs> this book picks up literally seconds after the other one ends. Uh, the dragon is basically saying goodbye. It's like, all right, guys, we took care of the gargoyle guy. I got to go. I'm headed back to Chicago. And before he even can leave the, the scene, uh, the, the 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 witchy looking hair lady summons another gargoyle for them to fight and so they fight it and they fight it and a cop shows up they have to explain that hey i'm a dragon and i'm a cop we're on the same team and they then fight more gargoyle dudes one of them is shaped like a a lion and there's some more action panels and then more fighting and more fighting and more gargoyles and then finally the lady shows herself as being the person who is 
who is uh, controlling these rock monsters. Uh, and the, the dragon then punches the, the, the lion guy and she threatens to turn the, the statue outside of uh, 30 rock into a monster. And he threatens her and says, don't even think about it. And then she's thrown in jail. And then we say goodbye. Been great working with you guys. And that's it. Very concise and to the point. Yeah, th- there's I, I don't want to say there's no frills. I feel like the frills here are the the panels like it is a very good looking book. Uh, it's Michael Dooney. Yeah, uh, like, this is oh, my is favorite Michael one. Dooney, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. my favorite one. Yeah, it's a very good looking book. And that's the star of the show here because it nothing is. else really happens. Yeah, <laughs> you know, apart from drawing turtles incredibly well, uh, and I think we've talked about this before, uh, Michael Dooney he can draw sexy ladies. Yeah, yeah, he he prides himself on drawing ladies, and the 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 the, the villainous here. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with her hair. She's got like, two sets of hair. Like she's got like she like looks like she kind of maybe went to Wolverine stylist. Um, and like yeah, yeah, made me look like a Wall Street tycoon. Yeah, on all the I, drugs. I feel like he he kept sending pictures of her back to Image saying, "Is this enough buckles?" And they would send it back saying, "No, draw more buckles, more buckles, more more." Buckles. more more revealing, more, more bust, more, more thickness, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a really good, there's no story here. It's Savage Dragon continuously having to explain himself. It's like, no, bro, I'm a cop. No, bro, I'm a cop. And then there's some witty banter. The turtles do their thing. Dragon does his thing. Dooney does his thing. And then we wrap it all up. Like, it is this this is this book is popcorn is what this is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Very and I'm fine so. with it. I'm fine with it. I am, too. You got any any notes before we move on? Because I don't have much to say here. <laughs> oh, uh, probably one of the biggest nuggets on page 12 uh, bottom left panel panel. Uh, our boy Chet. That's right. A Chet spotting. Yeah. We haven't seen him in a while. We have not. He probably snuck him into a whole bunch of other uh, issues there. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, panels is when uh, Raph pulls uh, a meter out of the ground and just smacks the freaking lion, stone lion with it. Oh, and 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 what was was really great is my favorite panel is dragons just getting their names wrong. Oh, yeah. All the time. That's a fun ongoing joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, sheesh, sheesh. You guys uh, ever consider, you know, putting your initials on your belts or something like you're impossible to tell apart. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Wild. Well, Jeff, are you ready for the next crossover issue? I am. Okay. Two years later. They cross over again in another Mirage published crossover book. 
it's also labeled issue number one. So again, if you're stumbling on all these at a comic shop in the year 2000, this is hyper confusing. But I guess we have the internet now to sort all this stuff out. Here's issue number one. We kick it off with Raphael taking a trip to Chicago. Uh, There had been reports on the news of a monster resembling Complete Carnage, who we've spoken about multiple times, uh, in Chicago, wreaking havoc. So he's like, I'm going. Blah, 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 blah. He heads to Chicago, and while he's on a train, the train collapses beneath him. Uh, he then crash lands into what looks like this, the den of a group of superhumans that we don't know if they're heroes or villains or whatever, but one of them is basically Spider-Woman. Uh, the, we get a flashback to the Turtles meeting with Renette, not Renette, meeting with Radical, the other half of the complete carnage radical story, uh, only to find that she's kind of been benched uh, and her her powers have been muted uh, and that she had previously cut off Carnage's arm, which we saw in, I believe, Tales of the... Yes, uh, Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that arm that was cut off, scientists had found a way to basically create an additional complete carnage one that is a bit more uh savage than the real thing making him extra strong and things are very bad cut back to raphael in chicago who is now full-on fighting these superhumans he is then met by the dragon who is being a cop Uh, He shuts down the fight, tells them to leave Raphael alone. Raphael goes with him. They pursue complete carnage through the city of Chicago. There's a she-dragon pinup just out of nowhere. Yeah. Then (laughs) then a really (laughs) long fight between uh, Carnage and uh, our our two heroes. The other turtles finally show up uh, because Radicals able to send them through a very convenient plot portal that drops them right where they need to be. The fight continues, and of course, uh, it's reestablished that Carnage is able to use man-made objects to his advantage. Uh, We end the issue with a building collapsing on our heroes. Uh, This one is a, a little bit less straightforward, but... I do like the inclusion of complete carnage and radical. I don't like that. It's this, this weird, like fake version of carnage, you know, like I, I feel like the story works best when they're together. He's just like without radical in the story, like as part of the fight, complete carnage is just doomsday. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. And I guess this would be, you know, mid-90s Death of Superman era of comics, so that wouldn't be too far from the influence here. But this being a Dooney book, again, the real the, – the star is the art. Oh, absolutely. What would you think? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rank this one with, with the last issue. 
um, as as my favorites. Uh, mainly because a uh, random uh, Savage uh, She-Dragon pinup. Uh, looking like Kim uh, Basinger. <laughs> she does look like Kim Basinger. And why does she have tanning lotion? Isn't she green? Yeah, but I guess you know green people can tan too. I don't know. I I mean her whole body's darker green than her face. So that just means that her makeup is the wrong shade of green. <laughs> this is also very true. <laughs> Which happens more often than you would realize, folks. We've spent too much time on that pen up already. Um it has a very like you know, with like the like the news reports and stuff too. So many panels just kind of like stick out to me, uh, like Raphael being on the train. And I absolutely love that panel on uh, page five. Mm-hmm. It's just, can you just not ride a train and not have there be like literally a disaster? <laughs> what what I think is fun is uh, me and me and the wife are slowly making our way through the show shameless. Okay, I'm not which is that. which is set in Chicago. It's about a it doesn't matter what it's about, but it's set in Chicago and the characters often take the L like that's the train that they take the L and that's the train that collapses beneath Raphael's feet here. So I'm like, oh, the L like in Shameless was my first thought. <laughs> yeah, which I guess is a, a big thing in Chicago. I don't know. I've never been to Chicago. I neither have I. Now I want to go ride the L. I heard they have delicious pizza there. So. I heard they have casserole that they call pizza. Now look, you could be starting Spider Woman wars here. So, up in here. <laughs> so there's this. Uh, here's another instance where I'm just like, I don't care about your tertiary characters, Savage Dragon. I don't care. Like, make me like you first. I'm fine with it. I, I like I like all the stuff. But yeah, it's 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 a good it, this is a good read. I, I do enjoy this. I don't have much else to say. The art again, the art is the star. It really is. Um, It it seems a bit more all over the place uh, in this issue as opposed to kind of like as tight in the previous one. Of course, I could be missing the mark on that. No, it's because they're trying to tell a story in this one. In the oh, okay. previous one, they weren't. Well, that there's, makes total sense. <laughs> there's no story in the previous book. It's, we need to punch gargoyles. Oh, we're punching gargoyles. Like, that's, there's nothing, there's there's no nuance to it. This one, they at least try to shoehorn complete carnage and radical into it. So they have to find a way to do that. Yeah. And that's why it's a little all over the place, because they actually are trying to do some work on this one. Not that there's anything wrong with either book. Like, both books are perfectly fine. But I think that's where your uh, your disconnect is coming from. Yeah. Uh, we have one more. Do you want to just knock that last one out? Yeah. Okay. This, uh, it, as you probably guessed, is The Savage Dragon, issue 22. Yeah, 22. So if you're if you're keeping score, you read these in this order. Number two, number one, number one, number 22. Take that to the bank. The Savage Dragon issue 22 
starts with a whole bunch of exposition that we don't need at all. We meet new characters that we don't need at all. There's Sarah, uh, this lizard-looking spiky girl, and then a black girl who is inexplicably wearing a bathing suit. Is that a bathing suit or just a... It doesn't matter. She, oh, that's a lingerie. Uh, no, it's just underwear. There's nothing lingerie about it. It's just... A, it's She's... She's in her undies on her brand new water waterbed, and apparently she's Savage Dragon's girlfriend. We cut to the the our our heroes who are having a building collapse on them. They fight complete carnage for several pages. We get some more exposition that we don't need. More fighting. Uh, Sarah ends up sneaking into the room and popping the waterbed, which is a funny little thing that we don't need to know about for this crossover. Uh, they decide that the way they're going to kill Carnage is to drown him, and it works. And the turtles are like, cool, well, you clearly have to deal with stuff with your girlfriend. We're going to leave now. And then they just leave. Yeah. Then there's some other Savage Dragon stuff that happens. Like... That, that's literally where it ends. They're just like, all right, mission accomplished, goodbye. And it's not even the last page of the book. There's still like four or five more pages left. I feel like this entire Savage Dragon crossover suffers from having to be housed in the ongoing book. Because for Savage Dragon readers, I feel like there are things happening here that matter. For us... They don't, and they shouldn't be in the Turtles crossover. The Turtles shouldn't just be dipping into your regularly scheduled Savage Dragon stories. No, they need to be—this needs to be in its own book. That way it's not bogged down by stuff that we don't care about. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not. I'm I'm sure—I'm sure if this was the other way around, I wouldn't be complaining— because I'm a Turtles guy, and if the Savage Dragon was dipping into a Turtles story and then we got five pages about April's mom or some stuff, like, it would seem more natural for us on this end. But for us stepping into the Savage Dragon world and having to deal with stuff that means nothing to our Turtles doesn't help this crossover at all. I'm not saying the interactions and the, 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 the Savage Dragon or not, I'm sorry, the complete carnage fight and whatnot, those things are perfectly fine. They work. The characters work together. I want to see them together more. But it's so disjointed because of that, because of the, the, the need to fit it into the ongoing, that it's kind of off-putting. No, I, I agree with you there. Like, I think that it should be its own kind of like, these crossovers should be their own kind of like self-contained stories like if you do you know two stories okay we have two books worth of story okay cool um kind of like you know the the annual yeah it's it's you know they would do like like marvel team up annuals like oh spider-man's gonna team up with wolverine in this issue or you know captain america or whatever blah 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 blah. you know and there's not it's just a self-contained story so I'm I'm with you on that because it is it is difficult because we are coming in blind here. I'm like, wait, where do where does this fall? There's mm-hmm. like 
X number of books you got to read before this. I was like, ah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you, if you look at the, like of the four crossover books, two of them are ongoing books. Both of them are weirdly disjointed and confusing for turtles readers. The other two were published by Mirage and are standalone crossovers. Both of those have none of this nonsense in it. Yeah. So I feel like from the Mirage standpoint, they did it the right way. On the other half of this, it was just kind of an afterthought, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. What would you think of this book overall, though? Like of, was, of, of, this, of this fourth one, this last one? I would say it's it's my least favorite. I mean, it's still very fun. Like the minute I saw that that like lizard, that prickly lizard mutant, I was like, oh, something's gonna something's gonna go on with this. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she going her curiosity is curiosity is gonna get the better. She popped up waterbed because kids ask your parents about waterbeds. Nobody has them anymore. Don't know why. They were very popular for some weird freaking reason. I knew like one person in our neighborhood that had one. I was forbidden to. I, I, I had one. I, Wait. I, I, I had a waterbed. What? Yeah. Yeah. From the from the age of like like eight to eighteen when I moved out. I was. Yeah. Oh. I. Mm, I'm at a loss because literally I, 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 you know, no, no support. I would have imagined that would like be so uncomfortable. No, I, like I, I, I never hated it, but of course, you know, as a kid, you can sleep on a, on a rock and be comfortable. So I, I can't imagine it being comfortable as an adult. No, but yeah, as a kid, it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. And it's, it still baffles me that that was a thing. But as recently as 10 years ago, there was a place in Hattiesburg that still sold them. Oh, wow. Mm hmm. It was this 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 weird hippie head shop across the street from Southern. That's that's kind of insane. Yeah. Yeah. But can continue. Yeah. The waterbed thing in this story was really weird. Predictable. This is such a weird era for the turtles just overall, you know, you're coming down from being the the biggest property on the planet. You're kind of going back to your roots by doing cool things in comic books with in, independent creators. But at the same time, you're probably too busy figuring out what to do with the turtles overall to put your full energy into it. So your output doesn't seem as like hard hitting as it used to be. It, it, it's 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 a real weird, weird thing. And, and, and the whole body count like miniseries, I feel like that came directly from Kevin Eastman's soul. And I appreciate that it exists. It's not my cup of tea, but it is very near and dear to that man's heart. And I appreciate that he has it to, you know, to show people for the, re you know, for the rest of time. So uh, what do you think about this whole thing? Because a a after we read now that this is behind us, we're going to dive directly into the image run. What do you, what do you think of this preamble stuff? Again, I'm here for the weird. Uh, it's, it's definitely that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed myself. I, I you know, I, I enjoyed, uh, 
these books uh, for what they are, um, even as disjointed as as some of the Savage Dragon stuff was. Um, You know, because when you told me we're going to dive into image, I'm like, oh, 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 goody. (laughs) And I was like, but wait, I'm like, oh, when we interviewed the dude, um, I I had not read any of that. And so I kind of like sped through it. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to take time and read those. Um, but before that, you know, this is, this was, uh, you know, I, it's always interesting to revisit, uh, or just, you know, well, for, or in my case, uh, reading these for the very first time, but now I'm getting to enjoy them. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a great ride and I'm, I'm here for all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, like the era that I read the used comics in is the era where I fell in love with the Ninja Turtles because of it being, you know, an independent creator thing and everything being on the table and everything being kind of weird. And it was cool because it wasn't Superman. It was cool because it wasn't Marvel Comics. It was hyper violent and weird and 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 they did what they wanted to. It was punk rock. It was punk rock, you know? And yeah. that's really appealing to a twenty year old kid who is trying to find a piece of media that he can attach himself to and or that he you know, that he wants to attach to. And I read it at the exact right moment. So I really love these. Mm-hmm. I can objectively say that they're not very good. Like I very much agree with the statement. The art is the star for not only the, the crossovers, but the, the savage dragon or no, the, the body count stuff, because if, if you're here for a narrative, there's not much. There's just, there's just, there, it's not much. There's not much there. Um, right. But there are other Ninja Turtles stuff that has fantastic narrative. So it's just, a, it's, it's, you always get something different. And this is, this falls into the category of very different. Uh, I, I, some of these are kind of hard to find and hard to read. Uh, if, if you want to, f- digital copies exist. If you want to dive into the, the abyss that is the internet, shouldn't be too hard to find digitally. I don't know how easy it is to find these in actual physical copies. I mean, I know if you could if you could find uh, Ninja Turtles magazines. <laughs> that's true. I uh, mean, anything is possible. Well, yeah. I know that none of the crossover stuff has been reprinted. It's it should be like IDW should take all of these crossovers like carve out all of the savage dragon, savage dragon nonsense that is not necessary to the story and make it into a trade. And I feel like it would really, it would read really well, but that just hasn't happened. So, uh, maybe the turtles will hang out with him again. Uh, I think he shows up in the image run one time, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, and that'll be soon enough. It, it won't take us too long. Uh, Jeff, that that basically shuts down that topic. What are we doing next, man? That's a very good question, Sergio. 
maybe we should ask the announcer. What's he got to say? Next time on Shellheads. <laughs> uh, we talking about turtles. That's right. More Ninja Turtles. Uh, assuming my timing is right. Uh, assuming it's right. We're going to talk about the Turtles Street Fighter crossover. Oh, wow. If my timing is not right, and that's completely wrong, we're going to be talking about 2K3. So it's win-win either way, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, so so yeah, the, the Team and T Street Fighter crossover uh, with special, ho- hopefully with a special guest joining us. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I guess getting the, the, the final issue of that comes out November 8th. So I guess get caught up because that's what we're diving into. Uh, until then, Jeff, what are you going to be doing? I'm going to be live streaming, uh, on, on our warp zone arcade Twitch, uh, with different, uh, you know, Halloween games and, uh, the like, uh, we're doing ghostbusters this week. Because some big DLC just dropped. Um, when I'm not streaming, uh, I'm going to be at the actual physical location for the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Brandon, Mississippi's premier arcade. Um, we provide uh, modern and retro games for people to play uh, by the hour. There's nothing to do in this town, Sergio. And where can you go and say that you could do something for $8 an hour? There's not. <laughs> You're not wrong. There's nothing to do here. No. So we got That's hundreds. less than the cost of a movie. It is. It is. And we got some snacks and some drinks. Um, so y'all can enjoy that. Uh, we've got hundreds of games for people to enjoy, including Spider-Man 2, the new Super Mario Wonder, the new Sonic Superstars, Metal Gear Solid uh, Collection, and tons and tons more. Lots of spooky games left. Um, and uh, follow us on Instagram, Threads, Twitch, Facebook. Uh, just look for the Circle Controller logo. It's either going to be Warp Zone Arcade or the Warp Zone Arcade. I'm out there. Follow us. Keep up with us. And if you're in the area, come game with us. We would love to see you. Um, we also do tournaments, birthday parties. Uh, game restoration, cleaning uh, for cartridge games and stuff, um, and more. So that was a mouthful. Where can we find you, Sergio? Uh, you can find me on the Shellheads podcast. Uh, if, if you've never heard of it, it is a Ninja Turtles podcast uh, starring myself and my buddy Jeff. That would be me. <laughs> uh, I want to throw this out here. I don't consider Ghostbusters to be a Halloween property. Hey, look, they're, they they haunt all year round. Uh, it, it it is it is not set during Halloween. It was not released during Halloween. Ghosts are just tangentially Halloween like adjacent, and it's not a horror movie. It's a comedy. Same thing with Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice not a Halloween movie. I'm not saying it's a Halloween movie. I'm just saying we're doing we're busting ghosts on Halloween. So uh, look, I, season. I, I realize I am in the minority here. I, I just don't think it's a Halloween property. And I got to, I got to put poo poo 
on on everybody's good time. Look, I love Ghostbusters. I do. But I'll watch that in March. I'll watch it in August. Ah, Valentine's Day. I'll wa- it's a it's as much a, a a Valentine's movie as it is a Halloween movie. Well, they mentioned Valentine's Day, but it's more of a December. Or at least Ghostbusters 2 is a December one. Oh, so th- does that mean Ghostbusters 2 is a Christmas movie? Could be. Is is that the argument we're making right now? I don't know. I'm are we are we fun. saying <laughs> any movie with snow is a Christmas movie? Could be. Uh, the, these are the hard hitting questions that we try to figure out. Yep. All uh, the time. Yeah. Enjoy your Halloween. Uh, in, in enjoy the rest of October. We will see you in November with a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. Uh, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads. Yes. Does that mean we're a Halloween podcast now? Because I made a spooky voice. miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast, visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.